Pastor Ray Bentley about our decision for Christ. Either you accept Him or you reject Him. That He is who He claimed to be and has the power He claimed to have, which is to rise from the dead as He predicted and prophesied, and that proves I am who I claim to be and I have the power I claim to have. I can forgive your sins, but you need to repent and ask forgiveness. So either confess or deny. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Choices have consequences. Good choices tend to produce positive consequences. The most important choice each of us makes is what to do with Jesus. Was he just a teacher, a religious leader, or is he the very son of God who died for our sin and is the only way to heaven? We'll talk about that today. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. We're making our way now literally to the heart of the gospel, to the cross of Jesus Christ. The title of this message is, You Must Decide. So here's the situation. During the nighttime, the religious leaders, they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas, we saw, betrayed Jesus. They grabbed hold of Jesus. And they basically, for blasphemy, that you claim that you're equal with God now, You are deserving of death. And so the Jewish people were not allowed to do capital punishment. So they need to bring him before Pilate. Pilate is the Roman governor of that area of Judea. Pilate, he's not Jewish. He doesn't know the religious laws and, you know, all of these prophetic things. And he's looking for a way of escape. And Pilate realized, hey, you know, this is a prophet, I've heard he's miraculous, and he, he does things according to the Jewish religion, uh, he, but he's a controversial figure. But we Romans have a custom that every year, Rome was dominating over the Jewish people, the city of Jerusalem, and they knew that the feast of Passover Jews from all over Judea and all over the north, south, east, and west had to be in Jerusalem. And there was always the danger there would be a rebellion A war would break out against the Romans, and so as a show of good faith, they said every year at Passover, we're going to take some really bad criminal, and Rome is going to show how compassionate we are, and we're going to release him. So that's the idea that Pilate has in mind to get out. I don't want to deal with a prophet or this guy named Jesus. So Pilate judging already there was something different about Jesus, even innocent about Jesus. Pilate was hoping that this custom that they apparently had of releasing a prisoner would help solve the problem. Hey, I'll I'll just give to you Jesus and release him. Now in verse 16, we read that it was a notorious prisoner named Barabbas, an insurrectionist. And he was something like a revolutionary terrorist. Who will you choose, Barabbas? Or Jesus, who is called Christ. Verse 19. I want you to look at this. It says, And while he, Pilate, was sitting in the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, 
have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now, the Bible does not tell us what the dream was, but whatever dream that it was had shaken her to the core of her being so that when she was done with it, she was in anguish. My husband is about to do something that is so wrong that I don't, I'm losing all decorum. You get this message to my husband. Have nothing to do with this holy, righteous, just man. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude. So I think they were afraid, hey, this is the wife. She has influence on Pilate. They said, we need to do something. So the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. So the chief priests are going, if we let the people weigh in on this, they're going to be for Jesus. Though they did not all understand or comprehend him or believe in him because of his miracles, there were many that were very sympathetic toward him. So they said, we needed to drown them out. And they raised a noise and a crowd and a multitude that became like a screaming mob. And in verse 21, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. The religious leaders knew the best way to influence Pilate was not through his own judgment of Jesus, not through his wife, and not even from the religious leaders themselves. They'd already weighed in, and that hadn't convinced him. The best way, they believed, to push Pilate to go a way that he did not intuitively want to go was through the multitude to raise up, if I might describe it, a mob. They started yelling, screaming that they wanted him executed. Yeshua. Literally, Barabbas is the story of all of us. All, you know, we can oh, he's a bad guy. But I'm not as bad as maybe Barabbas was. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In reality, in our hearts, we are as deserving of death and as guilty as Barabbas himself. What would have gone on in Barabbas' mind? You know, up until this moment, I'm kind of dying, going to be this horrible death and cruel crucifixion. The story of Barabbas, in many ways, that's us. We were doomed. We were ready to be put to death and separated from God for all of eternity. Brothers and sisters, that is the story of the gospel. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. I want you to go to verse 22, and I want this verse to just be all by itself. Because right up until now, and I, here's the life lesson, Pilate's decision, because Pilate makes a decision, did not determine the destiny of Jesus. What it determined was his own destiny. We read in verse 22, Pilate then said, to the mob, the multitude who are screaming, crying, Barabbas, release Barabbas. Pilate responded, what then shall I do with Yeshua, Jesus, who is called Christ, which means Messiah? You know what? That's a very interesting question. It's a question not limited to Pilate. It's a question every single one of us must face. 
Every one of us must make the same kind of decision that Pilate made. What are you going to do with Jesus, who is called the Christ, who is called the Messiah? And I want you to know you can't escape it. Jesus does not allow us any neutrality. He said, he that is not for me is against me. It's not good enough if you say, well, look, I believe Jesus was, he lived. He's a real historical character, and because not only the Bible talks about him, Josephus and other history, he really lived. He really existed. He must have been amazing. And he, he was, I believe he was a good man. Maybe the best man that ever lived. He was a prophet, even. But I don't know that he's God in flesh or that he is the only way or uh, you're, you're trying to, you know, balance it out and figure it out and be somewhere in the middle. That is not possible. Jesus did not leave you that option. Jesus claimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father unless he comes through me. And then Jesus said, if you're not for me, with me, believing and trusting in me as your Savior, then you are against me. You can't be neutral. And I believe that God is right now. He's got the whole world on a pause button, and he is, this is a moment for an eternal destiny, and the choice will be made by what you decide about who is Jesus of Nazareth. You cannot escape it. Therefore, you must decide what are you going to do with Jesus. Either you're going to believe in him, that he is who he claimed to be, the Savior, the Son of God, the Messiah, who didn't just begin when he was born in Bethlehem as a baby, but he said, I come from heaven. I come from eternity. I left heaven and came here to the earth. Either you believe in him or you do not believe in him. Either you accept him or you reject him. Either you confess that he is who he claimed to be and has the power he claimed to have, which is to rise from the dead as he predicted and prophesied, on the third day I will rise from the dead. And that proves I am who I claim to be and I have the power I claim to have. I can forgive your sins, but you need to repent and ask forgiveness and invite me to come into your heart and life. So either confess or deny. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country and also near to home. We have been listening to Pastor Ray for 25 years. He was always excited to preach about Jesus and couldn't wait to see him face to face. Now he is happy with the Lord with no more pain or sadness. Thank you for leading our family with your easy to understand sermons every week. May the Lord give comfort and strength to the Bentley family. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. The interesting thing about Pilate's decision is that in the end, it had nothing to do with the destiny of Jesus Christ. It looks like in that trial, well, Pilate is the judge, I have the gavel, 
I have all the power. There's Jesus standing before him. I am able to determine your destiny. No. Pilate's decision had nothing to do with the destiny of Jesus Christ. For what Jesus was about to do by going to the cross, by being rejected, by being betrayed, by being crucified, by being buried, and then on the third day rising from the dead, that was already going to happen. That was already part of God's plan. It had already been prophesied that the Messiah would come and be crucified for the sins of the whole world. The cross was inevitable. The crucifixion was inescapable. And in fact, no matter what Pilate did, the crucifixion was going to happen. It was inescapable. According to God's foreknowledge, the crucifixion took place. In fact, we read this in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. It says, the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You realize what that means? Before God even created the heavens and the earth, before God created Adam and Eve, let alone the beautiful planet that we call earth, God already knew before the foundations of the earth were laid, I'm going to have to send my son from heaven to that earth and to be crucified and then to rise from the dead on the third day. Therefore, Pilate's decision did not determine the destiny of Jesus Christ. What was determined by Pilate's decision was his own destiny. So even as you sit in judgment of who Jesus is, the judgment you make will have no effect upon Jesus Christ. He is who he claims to be, but it will determine your destiny. So you have to read his words, read the gospels, and you judge in your own heart whether Jesus is, is the Son of God or not. Whether he's a liar, if you can come to that conclusion, or a fraud, or if in fact, no, no man could say the things Jesus said. No man could do the things that Jesus did unless he was the Savior, the Son of God that came from heaven to die on the cross and rise from the dead. We read in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. As many as received him. That means, Jesus, I accept you for who you say you are, that you have the power you claim to have. I am trusting in you, my eternal life and future and everything that I have and that I am. And as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. You can be born again and become a son of God. You can be born again and become a daughter of God and become part of his family for all time and for all of eternity. The Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God, the Father, so loved the world that he gave from heaven his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him and trust in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, let's look at the last few verses of this story. As they cried out, finally, his blood be on us and on our children. In verse 23, they, 
they all said to him, let him be crucified. And then the governor, there's Pilate, he said, why? What evil has he done? He's already lost the fight now. He's given in to the mob, but he's still trying to say, do you have any evidence? They had none. So what was their response? Did they provide any Even one evil deed that Jesus had done? No. They cried out all the more. When you don't have facts, just scream louder, saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, I mean, it was like a riot's ready to break out, blood's going to flow, I'm going to be held responsible. All of a sudden, Pilate went into a whole different thing, and he took water. Now listen to this. I believe he was probably mad because he's being pushed in a way that he didn't like or want to be pushed, but he took water and he washed his hands before the multitude. And he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. So I want you to realize Jesus is proclaimed innocent. He's proclaimed innocent by his enemies. He was proclaimed innocent by the one who betrayed him. He is innocent by the very one who made the judgment. I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Here's what Pilate said. He said, it's out of my control now. Personally, I wish Jesus no harm, but I wash my hands of this. These things happen. And yet, the power and the responsibility of what to do with Jesus rested with him. Saying, I find no fault in him is not enough. Washing his hands was meaningless. You can't wash your hands of Jesus. You can't say, well, on the one hand, I like this about him. On the other hand, I don't like that about him. You have to take him as he is. You can't wash your hands of him. And so finally, they screamed out, let his blood. You think he's innocent? No, you let his blood be on us and on our children. Now here, sadly, it's been that phrase that they used because they were, they were not all of the Jewish people. They were some of them. They were not all of the religious leaders. They were some of them. But they said, his blood be on us and even our children. And sadly, there are many throughout church history have used that to say, see, that's why God rejected the Jewish people, killed Jesus, rejected the Messiah, the curse came upon them, and it can never be rescinded, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true at all. Because the truth of the matter is, it wasn't just the Jewish people who put Jesus to death. It was Rome. They, didn't, they couldn't wash their hands of it. It was Roman soldiers. It was Gentiles as well as Jews. The whole world is guilty. The whole world is responsible. Yes, in 70 AD, the Romans did come in. Israel lost her city, her country. They lost the temple. It was destroyed. And it broke Jesus' heart. He wept over it. But here's an interesting thing. As we shall read, as we go further into the story, when Jesus is lifted up on the cross, what did he pray? For those who had pierced him and those who had rejected him, the Jewish people, let alone the Roman soldiers who were there, Father, 
Forgive them, for they know not what they do. In many ways, saying his blood be upon us, you realize that's how we get forgiven, is through the blood of the Messiah, the blood of Jesus, his blood be on us and on our children. I believe that's one of the reasons Paul could write to the church of Rome, that all Israel shall be saved. And what that ultimately means, we'll find out when we get to heaven. But I know part of what it means is by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Messiah, by the blood of Jesus. Yes, His blood upon us means we have been forgiven. And all who will come to Him and all who will receive Him shall be saved forever and ever. I want to close with a prophecy from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah who is prophesying 700 years into the future when Jesus has finally come to the cross. And I want you to think about now, look at these words, how divine, how anointed, how spiritual, how supernatural. This can only be God and his word and his prophecy and it can only be Jesus. As Isaiah says, surely he has borne our griefs. Now, our. Isaiah is Jewish. He is a Jewish prophet. He's looking at the Messiah who is under tremendous grief. And he's, he's looking, as it were, prophetically in the future of the cross. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we, even the Jewish people, esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In other words, he's looking into the future, and the Jewish people seeing Jesus, even on the cross, always oh, been stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. And, and so he goes on in the next verse, Isaiah 53, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Yes, for the world, but first for the Jewish people, our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The last verse, verse six, all we like sheep. Now this would be not only the Jewish people, but it would be the Gentiles, every nation, language, kindred, and tribe. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The whole world is guilty of crucifying Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Pastor Ray Bentley with important insight today on sin and our need for a Savior. It's part of our study series in the Gospel of Matthew here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, You Must Decide. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.